has taken on some unsettling trends in Los Angeles County. Murder up 45% since 2019, and shootings 47%. A terrifying home invasion. A violent armed robbery. Violent home invasion in the middle of the night in ritzy Truesdale Estates in Beverly Hills. Lanthropist Jacqueline Avant shot dead. Gunfire that sends other diners scrambling for cover. It's the latest in a series of armed robberies. A series of armed robberies. Definitely is getting worse and worse and worse. I saw someone get shot while walking. My dog. A tourist fights for his life as an angry mob repeatedly chases him down and ultimately beats him senseless. People say random attacks are becoming more commonplace. A violent street robbery in West Hollywood of the victims, too. Supercross riders visiting from the UK. It is so violent. We're telling people don't visit because we don't think we can keep you safe right now. George Gascone is now Los Angeles County's 43rd district attorney. This man who's clearly trying to redefine the district attorney's job here in Los Angeles County. We reimagine the way that we bring security and safety and public health. We're crafting thoughtful, humane policies that are helping to build safer and healthier communities across this nation. With zero bail schedule, Prop 47, George Gascon, there are no consequences. A new district attorney in L.A. County is already facing a revolt from his own prosecutor. What they're being ordered to do, they say, is unethical and illegal. I've never seen anything like this. Police officers, they're out there doing their jobs, arresting people who break the law. But the L.A. County D.A. is refusing to prosecute. The L.A. County D.A. has refused to file charges on a total of 7,949 cases. It's a stunning sight. Thousands of packages stolen right off of trains. Criminals boast to our officers that there is no consequence. You can literally go out, commit crimes, and you'll be out faster than the officers can finish a report. Protesters gathered outside a courthouse in Lancaster today against that embattled district attorney. 26-year-old Fernando Rauho was murdered four years ago in a gang shooting. The family is outraged after Gascon cut a deal, giving the alleged shooter just seven years in prison. For us to have to walk these streets again with them on the street, knowing that they're going to do it again, it's not fair. Please, just get this man out of here. Give up the watch. 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 Take it off. 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 Take it to what's happening all over Los Angeles. Two men with guns run up to them. This shocking video catches the violent attack. The incident follows a string of what police call follow-home robberies, making this a part of a very frightening crime trend. The details here are just heart-wrenching. 24-year-old Brianna Kupfer was working as a design consultant at a Croft House. LAPD says a homeless man went in and stabbed her to death. Sean Laval Smith has been out on bail for a misdemeanor arrest here in Los Angeles. People are sad that this young lady lost her life, and they're also very angry that somehow the system failed her. When it comes to criminality, I don't know why we think leniency is the answer. This guy should have been in jail. He shouldn't have been out. He was already... We are broken in this city. This is disaster. This is so scary. I really feel like we moved into dystopian future. 14 cities have passed no confidence votes against Gascon. George Gascon defended his liberal policies. His office is committed to eliminating mass incarceration. Gascon says his policies to make the county safer will work. Some call Gascon a criminal's best friend. They have to suffer the consequences. Enough is enough. We are determined to restore public safety in 
Welcome back, guys. This is your host, Alex. That was a lengthy, very lengthy intro into this podcast, but it gets the point across about Catacombs and his goons. This first season is dying down, coming to an end before kicking up season two this upcoming summer. And I know it's almost summer, but it's going to be a while. I'm trying to get Profound Menace to come on the show and talk about self-improvement, self-help. I strongly believe this guy has a lot to offer to you guys out there listening to this podcast, as well as to many people out there in general. We could all use growth in our lives, and I am not advocating towards a certain type of mentality, but just growth in general. So hopefully I can convince him to come on the podcast and we can do an episode together. You know, step away from firearms and such and focus on the mind and soul for an episode. So in connection to that, we have to revisit the topics that were addressed in the first few volumes, uh, with those topics being mindset, mentality, lethality, and training. The main reason is to see the growth that hopefully some of you have made during these past 10 volumes, and there has to be growth present in one way or another in each and every one of you. As you all sit there and listen to this episode, we have to start manifesting this change to come. As stated in Volume 10, the path to change needs to be paved. We really need to start thinking about what kind of future we want to leave for our children and future generations to inherit. What is California or what is the California that we imagine for them to live in? I understand that a lot of you are scared about standing up to the local government, which is not okay. I don't think that people should be scared to stand up to their local government if there's such a safety hazard to the general populace. Regardless of what the progressive, the special interests, or the woke mentality want for themselves. It is obvious that the system has and is continuing to fail us. So if the diplomatic way, meaning no votes or votes of no confidence and such, are not bringing the change and taking those enablers of the criminal element out of the office or out of wherever they hold their power, then the citizens and residents of this golden state must do everything within their power to remove these officials. The protest method must be enacted on a statewide scale. We cannot allow these fox dictators attempt to take our rights to live in safe communities, regardless of our financial societal class. It doesn't matter if you're poor, it doesn't matter if you're middle class, it doesn't matter if you're rich. Everyone has the right to feel safe in their communities, and those who commit crimes against the innocent populace should be prosecuted accordingly. Now, before some of you ask if I don't believe that individuals can turn their life around, of course I do. But the number of those that do, in comparison to those that don't, are the issue. You can always tell who they are, or you might know those who are like this. They continue in that same habitual cycle that ultimately lands them in jail or prison again and again. I've met and known many who have committed crimes and they've gone through the process of some time. They come out and then change their life around like completely 180. You know, they either work their way through a company until they're like in managerial positions or they started their own business and made a great impact on their lives where they're homeowners and they provide a better life for their family. They abandon the gang life and so on and so forth. But... The determination of how successful one can be or will be lies on the individual themselves. While understanding that we're all at different places, facing different obstacles, 
at the end of the day, if you're determined to achieve where you want to be, the biggest obstacle standing in the way is no one but yourself. That defeatist mentality that exists within a lot of you needs to be defeated. There's no reason why we as individuals should be thinking as nothing of ourselves. We are someone in this world, and the fingerprint that we leave on this planet and on those who we interacted with throughout our lives or whatever it may be is something that we need to think about and consider. And I say about and I say fingerprint, right? Because that's all we really leave in our post death. Fingerprints that activate memories about the person we were to those who we interacted with. As you can tell, this is why I give mentality, mindset, and communication an importance as skills that everyone must harness especially as a concealed carry and firearm owners. As I stated in a previous volume, there needs to be an end in this culture of the race car or the fear of having the race car pulled on. I am not advocating the fact that people become racist, but the fact is that we cannot allow people to pull the racist card on us for being caught committing a crime and then thus attempting to or actually stopping them by lawful means. This is ridiculous beyond all scale. And it's a trend that needs to be quelled and completely stopped. It is no one's fault that the criminal groups committing these crimes are either one ethnic group specific or a mixed group. But, you know, they can still be minorities in some parts. Before you can make wrongful assumptions, remember that I have stated before that there's no need for racism. Even those statements that say F and you insert color followed by people are racist remarks and that does make you a racist so let's keep race out of it and rather say F that person because of the type of person they are and their merits meaning their character how they behave towards others or if they're just assholes there's no reason to fear people because of their skin color but it is reasonably acceptable to fear or be suspected of people because of how they're dressed or how they carry themselves Examples are people wearing trench coats on a hot summer day. That's a really big time, like a really big red flag, you know. A stranger asking to have a word with you on the lonely street at any given point. Unless it's my grandpa or it's my, you know, brother. I'm not having a word with anyone I don't know. A group of people who have tattoos that represent a local gang or are dressed in certain colors pertaining to a gang. I mean, it goes with the same. If it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck looks like a duck it must be a duck so some of you might be asking how is this rant relevant to the topic well it's connected to the mindset and mentality portion at this time I am hoping that a lot of you have changed your ways even if it means in the smallest way possible to have begun doing so small change in the goal or in the goal of self-improvement is better than no improvement as long as it's consistent Staying static and not doing anything is actually quite damaging since nothing new is being worked on. Then you can count on conforming with what you think you're already good or great on and not doing anything further to expand your growth and any of your skills, including your mentality and mindset. The one thing that many of you might have already begun to see in your fellow peers is this growing feeling of annoyance by them. And I should have stated this earlier that this feeling is only present if you have worked on improving your mindset and mentality. It's not to say that you're superior to them in a sense, 
but you're just different in the way that you view and approach things. And this is something that I had to deal with myself when I was going through this improvement of my mindset and mentality. I began to view my peers in the gun world as more and more moronic in a sense and as if they were completely delusional and separated from the reality of it. The first case I can remember is a few years back when a few buddies and I were having a guy's night out and someone picked the first John Wick to watch. So we're all into guns and almost all of them are into guns in the sense that of the same mentality of the people that I usually roast on here, you know. While I give the tactical trainers involved in this movie a lot of credit, the reality for those who take it as a holy bible, <laughs> I would say that you're stupid if you really believe that shooting and CQB physical combat is not going to gas you out pretty quick. And there's a lot of people out there that religiously believe that they can pull stunts like that off, but they never train. So it leaves me baffled at their delusions. And during this time in my life, I had just met two of the guys that had gone shooting with them and listening to their advice and adhering to the techniques and skills that I was presented with. You know, the guys that, I, that I've trained with for quite some time now. I slowly began to shed away from the cliche status quo, second amendment, tinfoil, the gooberman is all around me, taking my guns and raping my family mindset. And I began to open up my mind and observe and take in everything that was around me and in society. I dropped that whole, I don't know, burly guy act, I guess you can call it, which consists of, uh, I need to wear tactical clothing brands and be sheepdog and have my Solomons on all the time because I'm going to hit the hills nearby or kick down doors against the Taliban bullshit. And I honestly began seeing everything around me for what it was and what it is. So during the movie, these guys are just loving the scenes and saying how they would shoot differently and how they would take down this guy or and how they would shoot the other guy and this and that. And I'm sitting there listening to all of this and not being a dick to my boys, you know, but in my mind, I am saying, like, how fucking delusional they are. And how quickly a lot of them would literally die in just facing these guys without firing a shot. And this is because they don't really train with their firearms. And these guys always have those, like, same lame-ass excuses. I understand that once you have a family, a lot of things begin to change and all. But if you have the money to constantly live a life of luxury and have more toys than what I could at that point and time then there's no reason why you cannot train with your firearms but I digress since I sound like a broken record to all of you if you have followed the podcast religiously and I understand that my audio quality hasn't been the greatest but I've slowly improved throughout the volumes but I constantly remind all of you to train and train and train this is because you need to be ready for everything and anything that might happen to you at any given point. With the crime rate and laws in California, it's evident, it's evident that anything is possible at any given point. Most recently, we had the shooting at the Topps Grocery Store in Buffalo, New York, right? That was a really fucking sad tragedy. Uh, my heart and condolences goes out to all the family members involved, to all the victims. I hope you guys are resting in peace and, you know, you guys made peace with the fact that you perish. Um, 
But the shooting in Buffalo, New York, where 10 people were killed with three injured, or sorry, yeah, 10 people were killed with three injured and 11, and 11 of the victims being black, this was obviously a racially motivated terrorist attack. I have spoken about these topics in previous volumes where I have addressed the topics of being ready for a mass shooter and training for that or any other event or scenario where one might have to draw and take matters into their own hands. I have also addressed how racism can create such events to unfold. Most importantly, the con the consistent belief of the replacement theory and any well and their party favor white genocide theory, right? Which are pretty close together when you speak about both. Um, so I, I got my hands on the manifesto. It's, it's really not hard with uh, the internet how it is today. So I got my my hands on this 180-page manifesto of this idiot. And I'm never going to say this person's name. I'm never going to say any of these mass shooters' names because fuck them. They have big-time little dick energy. Like beyond microscopic little dick energy. I'm just going to say it. Fuck them. Okay? And if you don't like it, stop listening to my podcast because you're probably another fucking idiot who believes in those two fucking theories. Go fuck yourself. So let's get back into this. Yes, I got the manifesto of this fucking moron. And he writes on page six, and this is all being quoted out of the manifesto, ATF, FBI, don't go busting my door down. It says, plus NY, meaning New York, has heavy gun laws. So it would ease me if I knew that any legally armed civilian was limited to 10 round magazines or cut firearms another few excerpts found on page 58 of his manifesto contains the following to minimize the chance of instant death from a ccw holder police or general armed citizen body armor and ballistic helmet that will stop the intended threat will be needed followed by another stating attacking in a weapon restricted area may decrease the chance of civilian backlash. Schools, courts, or areas where CCW are outlaw or prohibited may be good areas of attack. Areas where CCW permits are low may also fit in this category. Areas with strict gun laws are also great places of attack. Then go on to writing the following. Tops Market has one or two armed security guards with full-size Glocks. AAA armor will stop their ammunition. According to Google, an independent study, 4 p.m. on Friday is the most populated time at Tops. New York has cuck gun laws, assault-style weapons, and high-capacity magazines are illegal for civilians to own, thus lowering the threats from law-abiding civilians. Then finally, on page 81, this pussy writes, CCW carrier threats, same as police threats. This buffalo, after all, I am expecting some boys to be packing. At tops, there seems to be a security station at the front of the store, and they are armed with full-size locks. I will have to kill them first. Solution, NIJ certified it Certified two or 
3A armor for helmet and vest. Unlikely 556 by 45 or 223 Remington threats from civilians and police. The reason why this on the unlikely side is because NY is cucked for civilian gun owners. And through all the footage I've seen of NY police vehicles, I have never seen an AR or rifle. The police station or special operations division would most likely have ARs and bring them down when they are deploying. If they do bring ARs, they will most likely be shooting M193 or Ranger ammo with less likelihood of M855. Yes, this is all from that idiot's manifesto. As many of you might have been wondering why I have it or how I got my hands on it, well, I studied criminology for a few years prior to making the switch to the medical field. Following the rise of the new white supremacy movement, I got back into the research of it and have been following everything since then. These manifestos and documents left to the public or behind by the idiots, it helps me understand how they think, how their tactics come to be, and who they draw them from. It's something I picked up from Sun Tzu's The Art of War, where it states, If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. The hard reality is that I am an American, and I see myself as an American. But the color of my skin makes me their enemy. The color of, or I should say the skin color of my loved ones and friends are also their enemy. I will not allow any group of people to inflict damage and chaos to those I care about and love due to the color of their skin, sexual orientation, or religious sect. So I have learned to accept that these racial groups can be very violent and they're quick to pull triggers and take lives. And that brings us into revisiting the topic of lethality and training. So, in revisiting this topic, let's take everything that I quoted out of this idiot's manifesto. In previous volumes, I remember stating that out there, there were individuals that had done their homework and training and preparedness for any sort of terrorist attack. This also includes a mass shooting event. This manifesto proves a lot of opinions that I had expressed in previous volumes and the fact that training along with mindset mentality and communication were key. All three play out into your lethality. I can tell you from reading this 100 page document that in terms of tactics, this idiot has done his homework extensively. He had trained to come out of that car and attack his targets various times, bringing it down to muscle memory. He also heavily trained on placing shots on targets with great marksmanship and reloading quickly. He trained hard enough to make himself a great threat to the innocent lives he was going to take. If things had not been stopped at the grocery store, he even stated it himself that then he would have continued on the public streets or another retailer that was busy during those hours as it is stated in his manifesto. He has studied the ballistic of rounds the kinetic energy his plates could absorb from the rounds of police officers and any potential CCW carrier at the scene. 
His armament was set up to inflict massive damage to his targets. He observed and did research on when the time to strike would be best. He knew where the security officers were, what type of gear they had, and the armament they carried. One major theme that stuck out in his observations and planning of the attack is that he noticed a lack of AR-15 variant rifles and police cruisers in the area. He then theorized that this would allow him more time to continue his rampage as they would more than likely have to grab them from the local police station. This guy went above and beyond in terms of readiness and training than most of the people that I know that conceal carry. So let's jump straight into the lethality portion of this topic. Once again, I've stated this way too many times to all of you who have listened to my podcast. There needs to be a mental peace made with the fact that you might have to take a life. I know that a lot of you are saying, oh, I would have taken this guy out, no sweat. No, you wouldn't have. You would have been another victim of this tragedy. I know a lot of you guys shoot flat range or lanes out of those uh, air quotes a lot. I also know that 99.9999999% of you don't do stress-induced drills, meaning that none of you know how to work your mind to stay calm and return fire when that adrenaline is running high or that piss is running down your legs. Most of you are up them and saving Pride Ryan or Dominic Toretto running straight into the reticle of the scope of the shooter in order to save a life. I'm not trying to sound pretentious, but I am trying to roast your asses so you can push yourselves further into training correctly. To the very few of you that actually train correctly, keep it up. Also, we can tell that the mindset for the shooter was there. The video is out there. Seriously, it is. It's out there for you guys to see. And it's super fucking bloody to see. It's super hard to see. But it does teach you that he had complete control of his weapon. He wielded it as he mentally had intended to do so in his sadistic fantasy. That's why it's important to train all those together. If I was personally caught up in this event, I would have made sure that I would have gotten my wife or anyone else that was with me out of that store. During that whole event, if I had to face a suspect, then my shots would have been designated to wherever the plate carrier does not cover. And if you read the document, we know that he had a JPC with an actual AVS flat. The color doesn't matter. None of the specifics of that fucking plate matters. We know what he had, and we know that's a minimalist plate, but we also know that it has big-ass gaps. You know? At this point, nothing matters anymore in terms of the law. It's literally kill or be killed by this idiot. So my shots would be designated towards the arms, the armpits, neckline, and the thighs and pelvic bones. Of course, one cannot stay in place while the... 556 and 223 rounds are flying at you. That would be stupid of anyone to do so. It would be a quick shots to take against the target, and one would have to hope that you have the adequate cover against them. It would suck getting caught in the middle of a grocery store aisle. Like, imagine for those people that were stuck in the middle of a grocery aisle and this fucking moron just turned in on them and dumped. You know? It would also suck getting stuck in between two aisles and an end cap you know those things are not very they're not even adequate cover to be honest with you guys unless he's shooting with fucking buckshot 
but he's shooting with, you know, five five six and two two threes. Those things are gonna go through, right? We all know that. So, let's say you're playing dead, right? You saw someone get shot. You lay next to them. You're, you have your gun on you. We all know that unless you're walking in some sort of fucking EOD suit, you're probably going to have your legs exposed. Ten well-placed shots into those legs and those pelvic bones. I think it would be more than enough to bring him down and have him bleed out. But that's the thing. We don't want him to bleed out. You know? Because he's probably still able to fire that AR. In my personal opinion... I would do five in the pelvic area and as he's dropping and responding to the shock of the hits and the immense pain he's going to feel if disclaimer, if he's not under painkillers already, he's going to react to that pain. You know, you're breaking those bones apart. That would be my chance to do another five into the face or the arms, depending on once again, how the body's dropping. And if I needed to, I would reload and neutralize him. Make sure that he was no more. And a lot of you guys listening is like, dude, you just described murder. I don't give a fuck what I described. At the end of the day, I shot someone to stop further damage from being inflicted on civilian or on innocent individuals. You get what I'm saying? I'm not a fucking cop. I'm a person that got caught up in an extraordinary situation and I needed to come out on top it's like in Cowboy Bebop when they're in the movie when they're breaking into the or when they're in the liquor store what does he say as this fucking moron holds the old lady what does Spike Spiegel say he still keeps his gun on him doesn't give a fuck about the old lady and he says I'm not sworn to protect or serve this is strictly business and in reality that's all it really is it's just business you have to handle it you have to train your fucking mind to be a man about shit or to be an adult about shit and say, I have to fucking handle this because I'm not going to come home tonight if I don't. And that's why you get insured up. You insure the fuck up. So in case you need to, you have that one million dollar bill ready to go. Right. And of course, we all know that's 10 percent. So it's 100,000 and that gets paid. Right. Because that's what you're doing. You're going to save yourself. Who cares if you fucking blow his brains out with 10 shots? The point is, you drop the threat, you neutralize the threat, and you saved all these people. But that's only if you have no other choice, right? Because they're going to scrutinize the shit out of you once you go to court. We all know that. But going back into the topic, the incident would be different if you were fighting someone who didn't have a plate carrier on them or a ballistic helmet. At that point, center mass... Right? Blow out the fucking sternum, blow out the spine and the nervous system. And if that doesn't drop them, fuck up the pelvic bones. But in both scenarios, none of it would be possible unless you trained yourself to handle the situation. That's the only way it would, everything would be possible. Because now you're dealing with a trained threat. And that's what you would have been dealing with the whole fucking time. But let's turn away from this idiot. I've gave him already too much fucking shining light onto this bullshit. Let's turn away from that dumbass and let's look at this other dumbass in Laguna Woods, California. So, 
on Sunday, May 15th, in Laguna Woods, there was a shooting at a church, right? The suspect managed to start shooting into the crowd until Dr. John Chang jumped on the suspect to stop the shooting. Ultimately, Dr. John Chang sacrificed himself for his fellow churchgoers. And I honor his memory of the, for the brave individual that he was showing to the world that people that are unselfish still exist out there. And he paid the ultimate price by exchanging his life in order to save others. Had no one grown the guts to stop this deranged political Chinese terrorist? I am certain that those explosive devices found in the church would have been set up or set off and more families would have been in mourning. There would have been more death. We'd be here having a different conversation. And another thing to add on to that incident at the church, this was a political terrorist attack. People want to, right now, prosecutors are trying to make it seem like it's a hate crime. That's bullshit, dude. It's not a hate crime because he solely did it based on the tensions between China and Taiwan. I don't know if the terrorist was sponsored by the Chinese government, but even if he wasn't, this does prove the point that there are Chinese nationals within our country that are willing to attack the enemies of China. And please don't forget that we are also considered their enemies. And many videos where the Chinese government was cracking down during the last or during their last recent COVID outbreak. Chinese quarantine enforcers are heard preaching about going to war with the United States. This means to always be ready for anything that can erupt and make sure you're always consciously looking for a way to evacuate your loved ones if you happen to get caught up in an incident such as these two. Now, I am going to end the episode already. I know I have been gone a long time. But I will end it with this. To every politician out there, to every news persona out there, to the delusionals and to those that judge the use of firearms, gun control doesn't work. Criminals will always find the means to get firearms and the tools they need to carry out their craft. Restricting law-abiding citizens from having regular firearm magazines, which is what you consider high capacity, has not stopped, did not stop, is currently not stopping, and will not stop criminals from using them against your law-abiding citizens. Take it from that individual who shot up all those people in Buffalo, who used hatred towards others, who stalked and learned everything he needed to know about his prey to carry out his attack. Remember that due to legislation, he knew that he would be able to outgun any law-abiding citizen that would have responded to stop his acts quicker than your men and women in law enforcement. He knew that your law enforcement did not actively carry the necessary firearms to pierce through those ballistic plates and end his life. Civilians need to be able to have the same power 
as the criminals do when it comes to defending their lives. Allow your law-abiding citizens to carry a firearm for personal protection if they wish to do so. You don't live in their neighborhoods. You don't work the jobs that they do. You are not in the situations that some of these people are. And some of you would never be a target to this idiot because you either believe in some of the same ideals or you're the right skin color. To the Second Amendment community, it is time that we denounce racism and all the groups that are considered to be racial. We all have someone waiting for us somewhere. We all matter to someone. Let us judge people by their merits rather than by the color of their skin. Let us judge individuals for the crimes they commit against their community, against the innocent, and against our children. America has always been a melting pot. That's what makes our country a great place to live in. We should all learn to live with one another and respect one another. Let us not trespass against them as we wish for them not to trespass against us. Enjoy life, cherish your loved ones, and work for a better future for our children and their children. Let us clean up this state from the filth and the delusional politicians that plague it. Polish it up really nice so that our communities can feel safe again, so that our children and future generations can be proud to call California home. In the memory of Dr. John Chang and all the victims that perished in Buffalo, my deepest condolences to all of you and to the surviving members of those people. Good night, California.